You're listening to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. You can support us on Patreon and join our Discord server at patreon.com slash wtfolklore. Hello everyone and welcome to What the Spook Lore, making sense of spooky tales. I am your storyteller, Carmen. I am the spook weaver, Tyler. Okay, I do get to tell a story. Oh, <laughs> hello! It is I, the sweet potato gremlin, Jason. <laughs> Back once again. Are you being thankful? <laughs> what, what is this holiday we're celebrating now? I don't know. <laughs> I I like the sweet potato gremlin idea, and I've been thinking about expanding my mythos y'all mind mm-hmm. if i expand my mythos yeah Please. expand it away in public let um, it luxuriate that's what we yeah. do here <laughs> exfoliate the mythos i feel like since sweet potato our, all of it, our mythos manspread on this show <laughs> do the, welcome to the mythos manspread hour i'm your host um i figure since sweet potato is like a thanksgiving treat maybe uh-huh. i am a patron saint of like cozy foods enjoyed in cold weather mm. like ooh, if you if you got like the mm, ooh the piping hot the cider or something or your favorite holiday cookie or some sort something. of gourd mm. some That's sort of hot super- gourd <laughs> A hot, what's your favorite hot gourd <laughs> filled with soups of some kind hot gourd does so does does Gordy offer like a dating line, like a, like a <laughs> telephone service? Because I feel like Hot Gord is a missed branding opportunity. Truly, it is. We'll have to inform him when he gets back from his various adventures. Hot right. Gords are in your area. <laughs> new new business venture, Gordy. <laughs> Go. Has he considered like some like offering some like really um, sensual sensual? Ha- pumpkin hay rides and it's called hot gourds <laughs> i honestly feel like a, a gordy dating advice segment on this show would be <laughs> a pretty good addition to our milieu yeah he might be into that mm. keep it on the back burner for now mm-hmm. we'll try to remember that like for any <laughs> length of time it won't happen it won't i'll forget it by the end of this episode um, so- even if we title this episode that and we might <laughs> who knows you you mentioned that this is good that this is a spook lore this is, is a this is a scary time we're yes. in it now well, should i i mean i i bought the whole seat do i only need the edge <laughs> or um, like how how prone to jump scares will this will this tale have oh this particular one is maybe not the jump scary kind so much as a psychological horror mm. oh okay so there's not going to be a lot of like booze and and um, and bloods, uh, but there will be a lot of. Uh... <laughs> okay. 
how does it rate against last week when we met uh, fruits that looked and moved like infants? See, I would call that body horror okay. last week. Um, and we have, I think, a, a little bit of body horror, but not to that level. Uh, I think the true horror of this particular week's spook lore is the fact that it exists. Okay. That's honestly that's that's my favorite kind of uh, uh, that's that's some of my favorite kind of art to consume is just <laughs> to what why <laughs> to what end uh, you may have even heard of this one in fact um, this is an 1844 German storybook hmm. that got its English translation in 1848 um, suggested to us by Kid Chaos. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and sourced from Project Gutenberg, we are reading today Struel Peter. Now, <laughs> is that is there a is that a command or is that an imperative? Is like, there a comma? Yeah, it's a, is there it's a, a comma. It's a singular word. S T R U W W E L P E T E R. Struel Peter. Oh, I read that. I heard that as drool, Peter. Like he's com- <laughs> some, we're commanding someone named Peter to, to begin salivate. drooling. Yeah, Pavlovian. No, it's uh, it's subtitle makes it seem like it does not belong in a spook lore situation because the full title of this book by Heiner Kaufman is Strool Peter, Merry Stories, and Funny Pictures. <laughs> We will be the judge of that. Thank you. I love, I love fanciful words of merriment from like the 19th century. Yes. <laughs> We're just like, uh, for those of good humor and, and delight to entrance the senses. <laughs> so I would, I would argue that this is maybe a spook lore in the vein that like, don't hug me, I'm scared is a bit of a spook lore. <laughs> like something that is presented to be... A delightful children's tale, and then as you get into it pretty quickly, there's something is wrong with this. <laughs> I'm so glad we were the market for this was was here back then. Um, it's always been with us. So this book begins, uh, and I did save the the link to this one because I might. I might share some pictures with you, so that some you can get some of these silly the... sketches. Yeah, because some of the <laughs> the book does require like the illustrations really bring it to life, um, which is great for you know a podcast medium. Yeah, <laughs> a fully audio storytelling experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so the book begins unnervingly Christmas oriented in a single page. Mm. So we started the wrong holiday. Yeah, a little, little late. Uh, the illustration is a couple. This is like of... the opposite movie of Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, the night, the Nightmare After Christmas. <laughs> uh, the illustration features at the top a, a dark, starry sky with what I assume is the Christmas star. There's an angel with golden wings and a crown, holding how many eyes? Uh, just two. Holding a book with indiscernible illustrations, but one of them does appear to be like a, a grayscale, extraordinarily rough version of the title image, which I will share with you in a little bit. Um, 
So they're... it's a picture of a somebody reading this book yes picture is an in. angel reading this book to be clear um there are two are we in the book <laughs> there are two rather sparse pine trees with what look like supposed to be christmas decorations just kind of in their vicinity um mm-hmm. there are two somebody got lazy yeah they didn't quite hit the branches on most of them but they're around them so i think you're just supposed to assume that they're hanging <laughs> Um, a shotgun blast of bobbles for your tree. <laughs> Just aim it. Uh, there are two cherubim dumping uh, from golden plates, a series of what I assume are gifts. Uh, a lot of these gifts are, they look kind of like flowers, like just individual flower heads um, or miscellaneous ball shapes in different colors. Um, there is a very large doll with their arms spread, a blue umbrella, a small house, a teapot that looks like it's made of an acorn, a whole ass mm. bed, what I assume is a comb, <laughs> a toy rifle, sword, and drum, and beyond like something that kind of looks like an explosion, but I think it was just another flower that they got lazy on. And then they're just like some people... One person's in a house playing with toys. She looks like she's got jaundice. Um, Wahudore. Yeah. (laughs) A small (laughs) child and a woman in, like, Victorian garb like you would see in a Scrooge reenactment. Uh, She's walking into a cloud on a street, and in the middle, somebody sitting alone at a table uh, eating off of golden plates. So that's how, how we're intro. Thus far, that's very accurate to my Christmas experience. Yeah, it seems correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the page informs us that good kids get lots of pretty things at Christmas, um, like dolls and misshapen combs. Uh, and but beds. naughty, romping kids that tear their clothes and make a noise, you know. Say romping or lumping? Romping. Okay. Hmm. They tear their clothes and they make a noise. So, like, a singular <laughs> noise from a child is a big problem. Uh, and then they get stains on their clothes also. We're really concerned about clothing integrity for children. Especially uh, back then. I imagine it was a much bigger deal <laughs> to I mean, replace yeah. them. Yeah, clothes were definitely a lot more expensive uh, pre-industrial mm. situation. Well, I guess this would be post-industrial. Still expensive. Yeah. Um, and yeah. noise is just not acceptable. Um <laughs> They don't get presents. You're not allowed to make a noise until you're an adult. <laughs> yeah, you stay silent until uh, yeah, Until you're 35 years old. <laughs> on your deathbed. <laughs> uh, they don't get presents. So if you get a stain on your clothes, you are out of luck. No presents. Um, they also never get to look at this pretty picture book. So how would they know? I, I'm not sure. Um, and... The conceit of this picture book, as you will see, uh, would benefit naughty children the most, I believe. This feels like an email scam already. <laughs> hmm. Like, we're in an exclusive club, and guess what? You're in it, because you're reading this. Uh, this is like the one... You've been selected yeah. to win a free iPod Nano. Now give me all your money. <laughs> this is like the, the exactly one... Uh, positive response to job searching i have received in the past year and a half 
which is like yeah. you're part of an exclusive group that has been ex- uh, accepted to the next interview and then like really click quickly it's like oh this is a scam but i did see it through pretty far just because <laughs> i was really curious where the scam part was and the scam part mm-hmm. was we're gonna pay you less than minimum wage to distribute xfinity flyers <laughs> uh, by calling it a learning opportunity and instead of you paying us for school we're paying you a little bit for xfinity flyer handouts get, at walmart yeah get thee to the local walmart uh, you, uh, you said this wasn't gonna be a jump scare episode Carmen. <laughs> my bad i'm already shaking in my boots at the scariest phantasm of all Capitalism. Um, I I maybe have another jump scare for you because after oh, piss after the image informs us that naughty children don't get to look at this pretty picture book. Um, let me let me see if I can. This seems so mean. Get get the pretty picture. You don't get the yummy bonbons because you're naughty. <laughs> uh, here is the uh, pretty picture book. That they don't get to look at. Oh! <laughs> That's an SCP. You can't fucking lie to me. Uh, we are in the... an exclusive club. <laughs> <laughs> You're too naughty to hang out with the, the fucking finger kinder on the, <laughs> on the front here. Uh, this so, is like ye old Victorian salad fingers looking at us. <laughs> it it is extremely salad fingers. Um, this this asshole gl- makes it rain. Xfinity flyers. <laughs> <laughs> aren't you glad you're good enough to witness this? So the can naughty? the conceit of Struel Peter Mary stories and funny pictures is that it is a, a collection of. Of tales, like little short tales, um, about like what happens to naughty children. Oh, I see. But naughty children aren't allowed to read this. So what it is is, I don't know. I guess it's a. It's probably a. It's just a cautionary to keep the good children in line for yeah. being naughty. Keep you, them on the straight. The naughty and children don't know exactly how punished they're going to be, but you, <laughs> you know, we'll we'll let you peek into hell just a little bit. <laughs> Just enough to keep you on the straight and narrow. So maybe it's Schadenfreude of the book. Yeah, I thought this was Strootpeacher. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Schadenfreude is a different one. It's a the different sequel. one of these. Ah. So what? What we're looking at here? This um, this fucking woodblock cryptid on the cover here. Is this a good picture or a naughty <laughs> picture? Uh, th- uh, is this. Is, is, this is a pretty picture book. I see. I, I can confirm it is a funny picture. <laughs> it is funny. I feel funny when I look at it. <laughs> Mostly because it, it it puts my fight or flight into overdrive. Jason, you've been reading a lot of One Piece. Mm-hmm. Um, this individual strikes me as having very Oda-esque proportions. I would say, yes. <laughs> Just a very big, blocky body, little legs. Yeah, you never told enormous me about, hair. You never told me about the long finger tribe in One Piece. Maybe <laughs> we haven't gotten there yet. 
Well, let me. I think offer... these are just the nails, right? Yeah. Let me offer the description oh. that that comes with this image. Uh, that this is also not only the cover. This is the image that immediately follows um, the page that says uh, that like kids that make noise and mess up their clothes don't ever get to look at this book. Um, page mm. two is shock-headed Peter with this image. Shock-headed. Shock-headed Peter. Shock-headed. Is that what the strewel is? I assume. Hmm. Uh, and this informs you to just look at him. <laughs> just look at him. There there he stands. No further just, instruction? Just look at him. Just look at him. Just bear witness. Okay, so those are nails. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't, um, so the, I didn't know he was I just, serving I had to zoom Ariana. in to check. Yeah. So the the little um little thing following this, like the description of shockheaded Peter, uh the the story explains to us that he stands there with nasty hair and hands. His nails have never been cut and they're grimed and black as soot, so he's got like these long, spindly, sharp fingernails, um, like fucking Wolverine claws, or more like you know the the lady in the the one X Men movie who fought Wolverine and she had the all the fingernails. Yeah, she had, coming she had the she had the fingernail claws. Yeah, uh, this is basically Lady, that. Lady Deathstrike. I don't know comics. I don't know. <laughs> uh, this is basically that. I feel like your nails don't grow this sharp normally. Honestly, um, it's kind of a serve. <laughs> uh, so this boy's a sloven. He's never combed his hair. Yeah, I'd say. And our narrator would like to to point out that it, anything to him is sweeter to see than shock-headed Peter. Like, this is the worst thing the narrator can think of to look at. This is the worst. Anything anything to me is sweeter than to see shock-headed Peter. Ugh, I'm already shocked. So, you know, everyone always says that the olden days were tougher. Uh-huh. But I don't know, man. We have Goatsy. We do have Goatsy. This narrator did not experience Goatsy. I feel like we have since invented worse things to see. Or two girls, one cup. This narrator has not not seen a lot lot of things. Um, I feel like, I mean, Goatsy and and two girls, one cup are definitely, they're definitely pillars of like millennial shock horror. (laughs) Is there like a Gen Z version of this? There has to be. It's gotta be that's... Jeff the Killer or something like that. Well, no, Jeff the Killer isn't like disturbing and disgusting. Like it's it's maybe spooky if you're mm-hmm. if you're twelve because <laughs> he's gonna because he's gonna come get you. Yeah, I think more of Gen Z needs to get to the college years before they mm. can. Um, yeah, really, they're gonna really invent some shit. Yeah, because like all of that stuff happened when we, the later millennials, were were hitting around college age. That just yeah. needs to percolate. Right now, early Gen Z is in college years. It's yeah, it needs to ferment. Yeah, um, I'm ex- I'm excited, and yeah, I, did... I for one cannot wait to see the depravity. <laughs> I, I did misspeak a little bit in my my summary there. Um, it's not that there's anything like like anything to see is sweeter. Anything is sweeter than seeing shockheaded Peter. Like any, any experience, exper- like any yeah. any kind of stimulus is mm. is better to him. Than shockheaded then Peter. See this visage. A stubbed toe. <laughs> a paper cut. So let's voting move... for Jill Stein. Let's Anything. move to the next page immediately following this boy, and meet cruel Frederick. 
So this... now, did he give himself that nickname, or <laughs> I think he has earned it? So this book has already posited the thesis that nothing is worse than seeing shock-headed Peter, and then mm-hmm. immediately follows that thesis with let's anyway, meet, page like, two, yeah, cruel Frederick. Um, this is in the illustration. It's a boy dressed in red and blue and yellow, standing amidst a bunch of dead birds and holding a broken chair over his head. Ooh. Um, I will share that the image has the like text in it also, so I'll share it with you after the the summary. And apologies for the constant boofing of the dog who's supposed to be asleep. In turn, oh did did uh, did they see shock-headed Peter? Did they glance <laughs> at the monitor? Um, she she just she's... heard you talking about it, and that yeah. was enough. It's it's yeah. not enough for her to lift her head from her lounge position on the couch, but it is enough to start the boof alarms. <laughs> Alright, so Cruel Frederick is a horrid and wicked boy who catches flies, poor things, the narrator does empathize with flies, and tears off their tiny wings. Huh. So the narrator emphasizes with flies enough to give them, like, two whole lines in this little poem for Mm -hmm. this fellow. Um, Yeah, they're poor things. Yeah. Um... But the rest of it, each kind of just gets a passing mention after this. He kills birds, he breaks chairs, he threw a kitten down some stairs. Oh, fuck this guy. Yeah, this guy's <laughs> the worst. Uh, but again, our thesis is that there's nothing worse than seeing shock-headed Peter. A messy boy. <laughs> than the, the, the little messy lad. Yeah. <laughs> um, and worse than this, he whipped his Mary until she cried. And I'm assuming his Mary is like a nanny, but because it's a Mary, it's an impossible thing to Google. <laughs> huh. It just pulls up Mary Poppins repeatedly. That's fair. Um, yeah, so uh, Yucky Peter. Yeah. He didn't really do anything to anyone else. He just made mm-hmm. some poor self-hygiene decisions. Yeah, and, and and has has been branded, quote unquote, the worst TM. The worst thing to look at is <laughs> is just the lack of self care, the the lack of self love. But Frederick is actively destructive to his community. <laughs> yeah, these are these are sins not of sloth but of wrath. I also appreciate the decision to take the yuckiest thing he's ever seen and make it. The title picture of his book. <laughs> mm-hmm. That it's a brave <clears throat> choice. It is. Um, so we move on in our our tale. We've introduced our character and his flaws, and now for the inciting incident: a faithful dog introduced only as Trey. So the only uh, indication that this is in fact a dog is the illustrations. If, if mm. we did not have them, we would not know that Trey is a dog. <laughs> we would assume it's another boy. Yeah. Mm. He came to drink from a trowel on a hot day, and then Fred picked up a whip and whipped the dog and kicked him. Who is leaving whips near Frederick? <laughs> yeah, like, why? <laughs> Who left the whips near this boy? We need to pick those up and put them in a high cabinet. Uh, there's there's okay. Frederick for you. <laughs> that man's gonna start a cult. You can't tell me otherwise. <laughs> Apparently this image is broken up, so I can copy it without it taking the text with it. Um, this man is reaching out to the, to his true believers. 
<laughs> yes, I just I love the the triumphant pose with a broken chair and just the, the littering of dead birds at this boy's feet. You know, I wasn't when I said it out loud. I wasn't prepared for how accurate the phrase "mythos manspreading" was going to be for this episode. <laughs> yeah, he's really like not t He's exposing to um to assert dominance, and really. we're two for two because Peter's doing it also. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. has the decency of wearing a tunic over it. Yeah, no, he's <laughs> cruel, Frederick. Okay, I don't know how I like a, how I feel about like the ye old crotch flap at the front, <laughs> where there appears to be like two buttons placed horizontally and then a hinged flap. Yeah. Oh yeah, Is I hadn't that... really paid attention. Yeah, that's just a that's a, a loose button away from just a peep show happening. <laughs> Is is that how like ye old like German folks like did a piss in the woods? It's just. Is just had a had a like a hinged flap garment. Yeah, you just open the the pants window. That is that is a threat too powerful for Frederick. He is going to use that for evil. You know, oh, yeah, he, you know he is. He he, he is and he has. Yeah. That bench used to be white. Uh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that bird was a dove. <laughs> Folks at home, um, to illustrate for the listeners, uh, the bench and bird in question are yellow. So bright we're yellow. Making, we're making pee-pee jokes, is what we're doing. The, hi- doing, the highest of brows, this mm-hmm. podcast. A brow to the heavens. <laughs> All right, so he's abusing a dog. And uh, I guess, right. Tyler, I if you could insert a trigger warning ahead of this story, if you do not mind, because I forgot to to say it. For just general abuse? Yeah, just general animal cruelty. And people, apparently. Yeah, but most people can handle people cruelty a lot better than animal cruelty. Sure. Oh, yeah. Because kittens and puppies are better than people. Um, So the the good, good boy, Trey, grew very red and growled and then bit uh, cruel Frederick until he bled. Yeah! Get him! Get his ass! And you should have seen how Fred screamed and cried. Everyone everyone wants to see that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Fred had to go to bed with a sore red leg, and the doctor shook his head at him, made a very great to-do. I don't know what that means in here. It's like, uh, in the American just, healthcare system, that means ordering a lot of tests and billing yeah, insurance I was for like say, just, four years Just salary. saying a lot of doctor stuff that only doctors understand to yeah, but it will feel cost a sense you. of superiority. Yeah. Right, right. And then gave him a nasty physic. So he gets gross medicine and gets to sleep in a bed. Uh, but Trey... Uh, the old, old-timey old cartoons always painted that as, like, like cod liver oil yeah, or like something. Yeah, like a thick syrup of some kind. Yeah. Yeah, and a, and a tincture. It was always weird seeing that as, like, a, you know, as a kid born in 89, and I'm like... Medicine's yummy and tastes like grapes and bubblegum. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, but Trey is happy now. Our good, good boy. Uh, he sits good. in Frederick's chair and laughs like dogs do to see all the nice <laughs> things there. So, like, Frederick apparently it's the is the origin like... story of Dick Dastardly and Muttley. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't think I can do the Muttley laugh. <laughs> I haven't I I haven't smoked nearly enough. <laughs> That's close. Yeah. That's close. 
Um, so the dog's laughing to see all the nice things that are originally for Frederick. So apparently Frederick was also just a spoiled ass child, which explains why he could keep getting his hands on whips. Cause he, his, <laughs> I'm sure his parents were just like not at all involved in all of his rampant, um, psychopathy. <laughs> like dad's just reading the newspaper and he's like, daddy, my last whip broke upon the Mary. <laughs> Like, oh, fine. <laughs> go to the whip closet. We've purchased you 70 whips. This Christmas list is always whips. I don't know. What he weird. wants. He's just a growing boy. <laughs> Needs his whips. He's just a growing whipping boy. Um, so, uh, so, he, so what you're saying is he doesn't have a wish list. He has a whips list. Yeah, he has a whips <laughs> list. And the dog gets to eat Fred's soups and pies and pudding. So really... One of the better outcomes we could hope for. Ha <laughs> ha. Yum. Soups and pies for me. All the hot gourd goes to the dog. <laughs> Yum. Um, so let's meet Harriet and her matches. Okay. Oh. Oh, please be a, please be a, a young little pyromaniac. Harriet. Please, I'm begging you. Harriet. About how many despicable children are you going to introduce me to today, Carmen? Um. <laughs> I don't like any of them. Well, Crime Weaver, you've got your work cut out for you because... Yeah, this it's a generation coming for my job. Yeah, they're really elbowing in on your mojo. Um, Harriet is indeed a small pyromaniac. (gasps) Good. Uh, Good. She's been left alone in a room with matches after being told by her mom and nurse that if she touches them, she will get a scolding. This is just a... This is a cruel test. Do you think she meant scalding? Both. All right. Yeah, but they did say scolding, which is a pretty light uh, threat. Uh, also, just now take Harriet. the matches out of the room with the child who has proven pyromaniac tendencies, idiot. Especially so- if it's the only other thing in the room. Yeah, like you have a, an empty table and matches upon it. Like, I think this a was a murder <laughs> plot by... You know, they say... If you leave a kid in a room with a match and tell them, if you wait just five minutes, you'll get another match. <laughs> it, it, it's a, it's quite a, it's quite a nuanced behavioral study. So Harriet's philosophy here is, well, what is a scolding compared to the beautiful flame? And she's right. <laughs> that crackle so and spit and the flame and her mom does a lot of the same so apparently her mom's like got a huge temper and mm-hmm. she's got some please, weird psychological like don't, crossed hairs please don't strike one of these delicious effervescent matches <laughs> crackling with the flame of life itself please do not take this this jeweled ruby on a stick i beg of you i beg of thee i prithee the, the power of prometheus in your stubby little fingers <laughs> please you mustn't so her cats she has two cats who are also in the room and they hear this philosophy escape her mouth because children speak out loud all the time i guess I um, speak out loud to a cat all the time uh, yeah i do mm-hmm. talk to cricket pretty constantly regularly yes um so they start to hiss and stretch their claws and raise their paws and meow a bunch and they tell her, you will burn to death if you play with those. But Harriet's lust for and, fire and she is says, just too and? strong. Yeah, she's just <laughs> Go like, on. fuck you cats, you don't know anything. And she lit- lights one of the matches and damn. 
Damn, that match is nice. Damn, look at that crackle. Ooh. You ever just looked at a flame? Just watch how it dances in a <laughs> in a in a an ephemeral way. How it just puts on a show just for you. Just for you. So she... No two flames ever the same. No. She jumped for joy and ran around and was too pleased to put it out. <laughs> Skip. <laughs> Wee. My favorite toy is fire. Cartwheel. <laughs> One-handed because I'm holding this match. <laughs> or not because I don't have good self-preservation. <laughs> so the cats are like, hey, naughty asshole, this is very wrong. You're going to get burnt if you keep this shit up. Um... <laughs> also, we are locked in this room with you. And well, shit, now her apron string's on fire. And now her arms are Uh-oh. on fire. And her hair is uh, on fire. Oh no. And she burns all over everywhere. Oh. The cats scream thing. for help, but in vain. And being their pl- cats, their plan is just to scream some more. Great plan. <laughs> if at I... first you don't su- succeed, continue screaming and maybe chew on plastic until someone gets up to stop you. <laughs> It works for so many cats. It does. Like, so many problems. That's Cricket's solution. I don't have food or attention. I'm going to scream and then chew on plastic. I hear a, I hear a fucking crinkle in the corner. I'm like, who did that? <laughs> who? Meanwhile, while the cats are screaming and chewing upon plastic, Harriet is reduced to ashes, except for her scarlet shoes, which I guess were the only fire-rated things she was wearing. <laughs> Ah, and that's due to good old asbestos. <laughs> See, kids, you need to make sure all your shoes are made out of out of fine indus- industrial grade f- inflammable asbestos. Let the toxins seep into your toes. They just make you faster. <laughs> Did you know that um, originally back in the fifties, the book Fahrenheit four five one was sold with an asbestos dust jacket on the front. <laughs> That's neat. Yeah, no fool. Oh, this bitch is on fire. <laughs> yeah. Look at her go. And the Sorry. cats almost look like they're like raising a demon. Ah, uh, hail Satan. <laughs> look at them. So the cats <laughs> cried about it. Behold your next supreme. <laughs> and they cried about what the mom and the nurse would do until the cat tears made a little pond. And that's the end of that one. We do not get any follow up. Cats <laughs> cried a, a small pond around the moat around her shoes literally cried cried a river i will say the the speed lines on those tears make it look like those tears are squirting out of these cats (laughs) like like they're fucking like carbonated seltzer bottles it's a fire hose (laughs) (laughs) it's like the lizards that are the toads that can uh, shoot uh blood out of their eyes except it's tears (laughs) (laughs) Um, Would hate to see something like that. So, so I I know that oldie times every we've been over it. Everything was more difficult. So parents were working a lot on very strenuous physical labor jobs. Couldn't really watch their kids. But like, the fact that every story in this book is like you're sick. So if you die, I wipe my hands of you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it is your fault. That I put you in this room alone with cats and matches. Cats and matches. <laughs> I think this was a murder plot from the mom <laughs> and the nurse. Like, she went up is... in flames real fast. That dress was was coated in oil or something. 
Mother, why does this this dress smell of kerosene <laughs> and whale oil? <laughs> is putting a is putting a, a little sprat a, a youth in a room with cats and matches like that's like putting them just kind of giving the toddler an iPad and just putting them on autoplay. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like this is this is their cocoa melon. Yeah, let let YouTube decide. Yeah. Uh, our next story is about how racism is bad, but written from the perspective of someone who really doesn't have a full grasp on the subject. Cool. Oh, good. Um, so it's like, ah, I... oh, this 19th century person is is trying, but boy, are they mm. are they not I, quite I, there? I wonder what this likely white 19th century German storyteller <laughs> has to say. It will probably be nuanced and layered. Um. So essentially, and lovingly rendered, there is a, a nameless, um, mm. nameless black boy who is referred to by what I assume is a slur. Um, Probably, and he went out on a nice, nice summer day to see the shops, and it was hot. And he brought a green umbrella with him, and then three white assholes followed him with like a flag and a hoop. And a toy, like, they're basically pretending that they're part of a circus behind this kid, and just being, like, real dicks. And, like, making fun of him for existing. Um, but Tall Agrippa, who I am assuming is Cornelius Agrippa, who is a German mystic and alchemist, just from where we are. And also, tall. Yes. Uh, and by tall... Like he's he's nearby and, and witnessing this and he's so tall that he does almost touch the sky. So he is past the Wimbus levels. Mm. Um mm. he is taller than a giraffe and the best dunker. He is stratospheric. Basketball. Yeah. And he also has a giant ink stand. Just, so yeah. hard to miss this guy. Yeah. Yeah. So he yells at the asshole kids to leave the other kid alone because skin tone is a stupid thing to make fun of. Uh, and the boys mm. ignore it. And Make then, fun of me and my tallness instead. Yeah, like, look, my hat touches clouds. Um, but the boys keep it up, and so Agrippa foams with rage. Wait, 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 wait. I bet the ink stand in, is involved in the retribution somehow. <laughs> ah, you have learned to sniff foreshadowing. <laughs> mm. What's that on the? Ooh, is that truffles? Is I I I pick up on the on the wind on the zephyr. Uh, so Agrippa foams with rage and grabs them and dumps them in the inkstand. Um, so they're all inky now, and mm -hmm. I don't know that this taught them anything. Like our last illustration of them still like playing with their toys behind the the fellow with the umbrella, but apparently umbrella fellow enjoys the fun. I was like, haha, um Haha <laughs> What japery. Yeah, I don't know that this taught them anything, but it's like <laughs> they because they tease this harmless kid, they they get to be covered in ink. Uh they got splatooned. Points for <laughs> trying, I guess. You know, it's more than I expected. The heart was in the right place, I feel. I, yeah, I think. Maybe. Probably. In a, a more right place than I think a lot of hearts, maybe, at the time. But I don't really know. That's... That's true. I am... Uh, you know, it's one of my blind spots. I'm not that well-versed with uh, 
race relations in Germany in the 1840s. <laughs> yeah, me, me neither. I've not gotten to that level in my studies. I'm learning and growing. <laughs> Happy to be educated. Mm -hmm. Admitting ignorance here. Yeah. Um, so next, let's meet a man who wears the same coat every time he goes out to shoot some hairs. Um, so he, he does, Is that odd? I don't know. It's just a, a detail, a characterization. He's got his hair Maybe. hunting coat. Again, yeah, we've been over it, but I feel like there's a lot of men that wear the same pants every day because it's the pants they own. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Fabric was expensive. It was all sewn. Maybe, maybe this was. Maybe we're trying to chastise him because this is after the the birthplace of like modern consumerism. <laughs> so we're like, he only owns one hair hunting goat. What a lark! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he also has bad oh. vision, so he doesn't see the hares very well while he's out hunting them, which is a problem. And then it got hot, so he took a nap. Ooh, in his hare hunting coat? In his hare hunting coat. Ooh, toasty. So the hare he was hunting takes advantage of this nap and steals his gun and his glasses. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think he st they stole the coat. Yeah, well, you wouldn't out, steal this a is hare the hunting coat. The, the actual, like, phrasing is, this is the man that shoots the hares. This is the coat he always wears. That's how he's introduced. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. Um, so, yeah, the cat, the hare is now wearing his glasses and have it, has his gun. And he wakes up to see this hare wearing his glasses I've... and now pointing his gun at him. I've seen this Bugs Bunny cartoon before. <laughs> yeah, so this, this is the birthplace of Bugs Bunny. Rabbit season. So he cries and he runs away, shouting, help, fire, help, the hare, the hare, which I'm sure confuses everyone around him. Then he falls into a well. <laughs> and the hare takes a shot at him as he's going in and misses. But the man's... Ain't he a stinker? The man's wife was nearby, drinking some coffee. And the gunshot went through her cup and saucer. And she's like, holy crap, what do I do? And near the cottage lives the hare's own child, who's, like, I guess hanging out near the wife. So I don't, maybe the two of them just, like, chat while the husband and the mom have their little spat in the woods, and that's just how Saturdays go. I don't really know, but the uh, there is a little hare nearby, and the coffee that spilled out of the hole in the cup burned her nose, and she... With a spoon in her hand for reasons, cries, Oh dear, such fun, I do not understand. And that is the end of that story. And I agree with you, spoon having hair. I have no fucking clue. I, I do not, listen, I do not understand. We cannot help you, small bunny. I, I have no further information for you. Do we have an illustration of this? Uh, we have a couple. Uh, here's the... Here's the illustration selection. <laughs> that <laughs> That is this is ye old Looney Tunes, you cannot lie to me. And last but not least <laughs> Oh alas. I do appreciate that the hair with the gun always has her tongue out. I assume that that's like a concentration thing. He's going, eh. uh, she's also uh, missing at like a point blank shot yeah i know that this is probably just because uh this illustrator is not very uh talented 
But speak for yourself. I love <laughs> I love what I'm seeing. But this progression of images, it does appear as though holding a gun makes this rabbit man-sized. <laughs> it does ah, seem to increase. The, the hair is increasing in size the longer Four it holds the good, gun. good, two legs better. <laughs> um, he becomes man. I assume this is meant to be perspective, too, but like this wife is teeny. Yeah. And they, look at that other bunny yeah. right next to the well. In fact, in front of the well, in front because of the, the well. leg is in front of the well. Yeah. So, so really, in this final panel, the, <laughs> the gun-wielding rabbit is a kaiju in the distance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, judging from the path, also the man has gotten a lot bigger. <laughs> like, the man on that path, that's like a mouse path compared to him. <laughs> Also, my favorite part of this series of images is the sun directly shooting rays at this man to make him warmer. With the smug little sun grin on its face. Would someone Nowhere like some else is getting D? sun right now. Who wants to be dappled? <laughs> so this one's like a lot lower on the spooky scale. Speak for, for sure. yourself. It has a kaiju rabbit with a gun. <laughs> Yeah, you could probably make a horror movie out of that. Um, Alright, so... Yeah, we spilled coffee on a bunny. And that's the end of that tale. So let's meet Conrad. Okay. Conrad sucks his thumb. Oh. Lowest circle of hell. (laughs) Is there, there... I remember there is a superstition. I don't know if it's true or not. That if you suck your thumb as a kid, you'll get buck teeth. I don't know if any of that's true, though. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't heard that. I haven't heard. I, I, remember I, I hear it's bad for episode. like tooth growth, <laughs> the, the pacifier as well. Uh, D- Jason, did you perhaps hear that from Angelica Pickles? <laughs> I, I don't listen. know. That, I don't know that she's she, a trustworthy source. She's a. <laughs> She's uh, she's the most trustworthy news source I, I turn to. She's a girl boss. <laughs> Alright, so Conrad sucks his thumb when his mom tells him, look, I'm going out and I'm leaving you alone because it's the 1840s and that's what we do. Here's some matches and a gun (laughs) and a whip. (laughs) Select your weapon. Uh, You keep that damn thumb out of your mouth or a tall tailor is going to come cut your thumbs off. Yeah, put a match in your mouth instead. Much safer. Mm-hmm. Put a whip in your mouth. Yum. She had scarcely turned her back when the thumb was back in this little boy's grubby little mouth. What did I just say? <laughs> and the door flew open, and in he ran. Fucking oh shit! <laughs> the, oh yeah! The great long man for red legged scissor man. Okay, this is the plot to Clock Tower. <laughs> Snip, snap, there he is, snip. The scissor man. The scissor goes so fast that both his thumbs are gone. I love just immediately. There he is. Yeah, the boy's thumb goes Fucking... into mouth and just bursting through the door like the goddamn Kool-Aid man. <laughs> is a lanky, thumbs. lanky Guess... scissor-wielding tailor. <laughs> Guess what? Scissors beat thumbs. Snip, snip, bye. <laughs> Oh, there he goes. This is Clock Tower. 
I'm telling you. <laughs> this is just Clock Tower. That's the guy from Clock Tower. Jack B. Oh, Jack B. Nimble. Jack B. Quick. <laughs> so mom comes home. Also, he's bleeding before he even cut the thumb. Well, yeah. I mean, he's got oh, his, vessels there. It's because his thumb's crying. <laughs> it's crying blood. So mom comes home where Conrad's looking quite sad, which is a weird way of putting deeply in shock and pain and needing a hospital visit post haste because he has just lost both his thumbs. I can't play Fortnite anymore on my Switch. <laughs> and mom just How am I gonna how am I gonna unlock Goku and Rick now? <laughs> uh mom's response to this is, well, yeah, I told you so. She did. In Sucks this case suck. she did. Yeah, children weren't valued until much later in history, apparently. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. We, we we definitely like didn't invent like childcare until like at least nineteen seventy. <laughs> Even then, a little iffy, because that was mm, very much yeah. latchkey years. Um. So now that we've met the Scissor Man, who who does I think feature in many children's nightmares. <laughs> like that's the yes. one from this I have actually heard. <laughs> um. Let's meet Augustus. Basically. Augustus Liebling saves some room for later. (laughs) Uh, Augustus was a chubby lad. Ooh. Um, But this is a positive thing. Everyone loved how he ate and drank as he was told, and he never let his soup get cold. Ooh. Look at that guy. He loves eating. He'll, He'll eat his whole plate clean. Like children should. Silently. And quickly. <laughs> so we don't have to spend more time with them. Right. <laughs> um, but one cold day, he screamed to take the nasty soup away. He wouldn't have any soup today. Oh. So just was not feeling what's, soup one what's day. What's the issue? Just, like, theoretically just not feeling it. Um, but sometimes you don't want to eat soup. I get it. Yeah, no, I, I like soup a lot, but yeah, every every day soup I would maybe eventually get sick of. Um, every day soup? I don't know. <laughs> but I think more concerningly, by the next day he had grown rather lank and lean. Oh God! <gasps> oh, and he was feeling weak and ill, and still he has a soup. colony of tapeworms. Yeah, like there's <laughs> something. He has an amphitheater of tapeworms. <laughs> something medical's going on with Augustus, and he is a literal child, so he can't, you know, communicate super clearly. Verbalize it. He still doesn't want his soup. He's feeling weak and ill, and he still refuses to eat his soup. Um, the third gag comes. Oh, what a sin to make himself so pale and thin. Yeah, he did it. <laughs> yeah. You did it to yourself, idiot. He he's Good job. he's a sinner boy. You just, rejected soup once. Just eat the soup and shut up about it. Yeah, like we don't want to take you to a doctor. Can you please just put this in your mouth? Jeez. Um, but he's still screaming no to soup. No, I shan't have a have a broth. Now I went through None for me. I went through a period after freshman year of college where eating was, in fact, very difficult. And I lost a lot of weight because I could not eat anything. 
And I went to a doctor. (laughs) 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 My mom didn't just keep putting soup in front of me and being like, it's just put this in your mouth, idiot. You're not souping hard enough. Um, and by the fourth day, he looks like a bit of thread. Oh, okay. And by the fifth day, he's dead. Oh, well, oh. that's what happens. Five days. Didn't even of, last the week. Yeah, five days of denying soup, and everyone thinks it's just because he's a naughty boy who's unappreciated. He's been, he spent his entire life up to this point eating well, eating quickly, doing as he's told. He has less than one week of denying soup and very clearly having something really wrong with him. And everyone's just like, well, if he just wasn't a naughty child. Maybe everything would be fine. Yeah, like, not only do you have to be silent and well-behaved, you have to be silent and well-behaved 100% of the time. Any slip-up, we will happily put you in your grave. (laughs) Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And dance upon it. Well, you fucking look at soup funny once. <laughs> in the illustration accompanying, in the hole you go. They put a crock of soup just sitting on the grave. Oh god! <laughs> Weigh him down. Weigh the soup not enjoyer down. Do you want it now, Augustus? Do you want it now, Augustus Soup? So they watched this boy die of eighty hundred tapeworms or whatever it was, Fucking. <laughs> and and just like a middle finger to to his corpse, they put the soup he, he couldn't he, eat on the grave. They, they watched him turn inside out like a he black died. hole was in his he, belly. He died of he he died of turbo anemia. <laughs> like yeah, you like, don't want the soup enough. Here's the progression before the grave. Oh, oh wow. Ooh. He's looking like um Oh, y'all ever see that um that ho- short story by um by the the scary manga guy whose name I just now forgot. Junji Ito. That one. Uh the the mystery at uh at Amigara Fault. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's looking like a little Amigara boy at the end there. <laughs> Squeezed into the rocks. Hmm. So I think the, squeezed into the grave. For me, the real horror of Strul Peter is is the lives of these children, and, and what what gets punished and how. Right, like our our mm-hmm. levels of punishment are very all over the place. Yeah. Well, hang on. What did the hunter do wrong? Like he, hunt? Yeah, he just took a nap and hunted things and had bad <laughs> That vision. one wasn't even a cautionary tale. They, that was just a brief interlude to say, wouldn't this be fucking nuts if this happened? <laughs> yeah. What about, yeah, some some lovely, what, what a lovely uh, uh, gaff and jape for us <laughs> in the middle of these cautionary fables. Um, our next story is the story of Fidgety Philip, which is basically a boy fidgets and makes a mess out of a table and he ruins dinner and that's it. That's all. That's all there is. Okay. There's no punishment. No one gets dinner because he this, It's just an event that happened. Yeah, he fidgeted he just, it off the table. He just needs like one of those little poppets, those little silicone, little fidget bubble wrap things. Get him a Rubik's Cube. Ooh, get him a spinner. Um, and then we have Johnny, who's big sin is that he daydreams a lot so i feel like we could probably empathize with johnny somewhat uh, and one day he runs into a dog nothing happens and the other day he just walks straight into a river and he nearly drowns 
but he's rescued. But then the fishes stick their heads out and laugh at him for losing his writing book. So we just have Johnny, an adorable little creative who's just like imagining stories. And then he loses what I assume is his life's work, the novel he's been writing. And fishes laugh at him. (laughs) Get mocked by the fish. And that story was this book that I picked up and now I made it. It's mine. And then finally, the story of Flying Robert. Okay. So when it rains, good girls and boys stay at home and they mind their toys. Mm. But Robert, not being a good boy or girl, is like, no, I like to be out in the rain. I enjoy feeling Mother Nature upon me like some kind of jackass. (laughs) (laughs) Like... I I like to experience all that the world has to offer. Like the a, best is yet unwritten. Like a naughty no asshole. On skin, no one so, um, so these kids listen to Natasha Bedingfield at a very prescient time in their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he would go out in the storm with a red umbrella. Just to like experience the storm. I like rain. I get it, Robert. Good on you. No, I'm with you. Yeah, you get puddles. Yeah, it's not an everyday thing. Rain's great. But oh no, the wind is strong and it caught his umbrella. Uh oh. Look at him, silly fellow. Up he goes to the skies and no one heard his screams and cries. (laughs) Like the fucking lost cosmonauts. No one will find us, because I went outside in the rain. during the rain. His hat flew before him as he was blown through the clouds, and soon they got so high they were nearly out of sight, and the hat nearly touched the sky, so we're once again past the Wimbus levels. Agrippa's the only one who could save yeah, him Yeah, so Tall Agrippa could still catch him. Yeah, but Tall Agrippa's yeah. too busy dunking boys in inkwells. Mm-hmm. Um, but- God damn it, Agrippa. No one could tell. You gotta keep your head on a swivel, dude. You're our only bastion. Get Agrippa. No one could tell where they stopped or where they fell, but Bob was never seen again. And that's how this book of merry tales and funny pictures ends. Just abruptly (laughs) with a boy (laughs) lost. He flew away. Lost forever. And that's gonna happen to you. That's gonna happen to you, Billy. If you go out, if you in the want, rain. if you go out there without your umbrella or with your umbrella, even. So wait, does this mean they want you to go out but with no protection? You're just not, you're supposed to stay inside. You're and not stare supposed at to your go toys. Out. Mind your toys. Don't play with them. Yeah, you mind, mind them. them. Organize them and minded. dust them. Yeah, you are to you are to, you are to remain a silent, obedient child, uh, praying to God, dusting your toys, and Mint sitting in, box. in the corner. Minted box until you are at least 13 years of age, after which you may go to war. (laughs) We'll allow it. We will allow this. So, looking back on these stories. (laughs) Yeah? I think the scissor man is definitely the most viscerally frightening thing. Like you do a minor thing wrong and this lanky tailor with giant <laughs> scissors bursts through your ho- house at full speed and your thumbs are Just gone forever. <laughs> like I'm, he speed I'm runs still... your thumbs off. 
I'm still Team Kaiju Gun Rabbit. I think he could defeat the Scissor Man personally. <laughs> um, I, I, I still like Cruel Frederick. Um, just for just for being straight up, witness me. <laughs> Hiya. I, I think my my fear with this book is the like what this author deems a bigger problem than other things. Mm-hmm. So we have our thesis that is like the worst thing is of course shock-headed Peter. Yeah, yeah, being being slightly unkempt is is the worst thing that you can be. Uh, yeah. And then our order of of magnitude as far as as horrible things, I guess the matches is probably the worst death that God experienced, but it does have sort of a poetic justice to it. It's more of a mm-hmm. cause and effect than a an ethereal punishment right it's also definitely a murder plot there's no way that girl would have caught fire that fast if, if mom and nurse had not planted some things mm-hmm. <laughs> um but then we have then we have death for lack of soup like just allowing a boy to rather rapidly starve to nothing and doing nothing about it doing nothing about it yeah like Listen, no, they, they did listen. They gave him more soup. <laughs> Refusing the soup he's given is a, a sin worthy of death. And eternal mockery. And eternal mm-hmm. mockery with more soup. Yeah, let's let's weigh down his soul with a fucking tureen of borscht. <laughs> um, <laughs> Eat shit, Augustus. Then flying Robert, who's Great sin is walking outside when it's rain raining. He just never gets seen again. Gets fucking poppinsed. <laughs> then we get Conrad, who loses thumbs for sucking them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are we making a tier list? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't think Daydreamer or Fidget Boy or even the ones dunked in ink. Oh, the ones dunked in ink, that's a bit of a punishment. Fidget Boy didn't have, like, they lost dinner because he fidgeted. That's just a cause effect. Daydreamy Boy, that's a bummer. I feel like this is, that's more, that's a journal entry from the author of, like, look at my, guess what my fucking fidgety kid did tonight. Yeah, like, I I didn't get to eat dinner because my fidget-ass boy knocked it on the ground. Nothing else happened. Now I'm upset and writing this stupid fucking book. And then I I dropped the book in a river because I was daydreaming. And he won't, and he won't eat his soup. Let me. What if, what if he just became a fucking string man? Yeah. What if? What if I? Yeah. And my daughter. So maybe he's just. Th- this author is working out his parental frustrations <laughs> via these horrifying Victorian children illustrations. Yeah, this book was meant for two eyes only, and it was his kid. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 If, precisely. If his kid has hey. cruel Frederick tendencies. We have we have a big problem. Hey, hey, Peter, would you like to see some merry stories and, <laughs> and funny, funny pictures? pictures? I've made them just for you. There's no subtext here. Don't even worry about it. See, he's basically just writing like the Divine Comedy for brats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but cruel Fe- Frederick's fate of getting medicine and being bed ridden while his dog eats his while pie while a dog laughs at him and eats his pie like for for crime to punishment ratio that is the most far fucking off 
oh yeah situation like uh, it it tells me that this author ranks cruelty as less of a problem than stepping outside in the rain and that to me is the real horror yeah this this frederick has fancy lad privileges i think yeah unchecked he has fancy lad whip uh access and fancy lad Mm. privileges but at least he grooms himself so he is like so he's you know but he but he showers i guess he showers and he stays inside when it's raining and he will eat his soup if a dog doesn't get to it first he he minds his toys. Too bad all of his toys are fucking whips. So who cares about the lives lost and damaged around him? <laughs> mm. So that to me is the real horror. Mm. Tyler, are you still Team Kaiju Rabbit? This biggest one hundred percent. Okay, till I die. Well- no, oh, I still think the I still think the horror is capitalism. <laughs> that's all. That's all. Listen, every scary thing you you pull off that rubber Scooby Doo mask, and it's always capitalism under it. That's that's fair. Well, you know, you got a good book on your hands when all three of us can come away with something different to be afraid of. Exactly. Yeah, that means you've like really spread out your scares. Mm-hmm. So let us know on Twitter <laughs> what what scared you the most about this collection of merry stories and funny pictures what rattled you to your very root chakra let (laughs) us know call in uh and it's really easy to look up these pictures we'll probably share them to the discord but if you oh this is a yeah this is a storybook watch along kind of a scenario (laughs) yeah like project gutenberg has the whole book for for free um you can look it up there with all all the illustrations in there their glory their horrifying glory um and then you can like i feel like this book would actually encourage me to become a naughty child so i wouldn't have to look at them Mm. since naughty children aren't allowed Uh, so thank you kid my chaos for sharing the horrors of of 1840s germany with us appreciate it uh, thank you to everyone for listening along. Thank you to the sweet potato for for bringing your delicious oh. flavor to the the cast Anytime. today. Thanks for popping by again. <laughs> Whenever you crave the delicate balance of salty and sweet, you may call upon my name. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you are a gift. At, so, uh, at some point, I don't know if this needs to rain in, but at some point, Tyler, I think we should get Jason and Danny on a single episode as like a best friends edition. And then we just don't talk. Yeah, we just let them go. <laughs> I mentioned. Let us just let us just play fucking like jape, japery table tennis. <laughs> I mentioned this to Danny, just... and they said that they hoped that um, they and Jason would become mortal enemies just for like. <laughs> just we'll just put them to put them in front of each other like uh, Japanese schoolboys and beetles. Just see who wins. <laughs> just see which one of us fucking knocks the other out of the ring with our massive, uh, our massive horned carapace. <laughs> Hoya! <laughs> so we'll have to plan like a, a good, 
a good story for for such an event. Uh, thank you to all of our patrons for sponsoring the show, and uh, thank you to our top tier patrons: Five Headed Snake God, Allison, Frog Whisperer, Lucky, Biblio Princess, Eerius, Midori, Becca Lobster No Longer, The New and Improved Haley, Thimbles Are a Stitcher's Best Friend. Awkward, Project Bird Fall Informant, Funky Little Strawberry, Lemur, Spaghetto Popping On Off With A Bang, Caitlin, Danielle, The Spectactual Spider Fay, Spectact- uh, I'll, I'll get him next time. Your girl, Olwen, Allie, Knife Dad, Cobus Cat, Vespa Desu, Versus Keeper of Too Many OCs, Pyrus, Jessica, Nathan Lescott, Millipedish, Depraved, Shave, Sonic Wave, and other words that rhyme with Dave, Maya, Hylus Tissiflimbus, Tennis killed the dinosaurs. A dubious little creature. Haley Prime, Dominic, Justin, Lily, Izzy, and Jenna. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you always, thank you. Doug. Thanks, Doug. Donkey Doug. <laughs> We're what the folklore, and that's how it works. This has been What the Folklore. Thanks for listening to our show. If you have story suggestions for us, please send them to wtfolklore at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Special thanks to the Brobdingnagian Bards for the use of their song Happily Ever After from their album Brobdingnagian Fairy Tales. If you enjoyed our show, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts.